This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where the state reports 175 more fatalities due to COVID-19 and almost 2,000 new infections. Ron DeSantis has relaxed state restrictions designed to prevent the spread of COVID-19, but the virus is still out there, so doctors are appealing to the private sector to step up and fill the void created by the governor. So I hope that Costco and Walmart and your business, I hope, will continue. You have a right to. The governor doesn't have the authority to say you can't, inside of your business, have the policies that will keep your guests safe. The U.S. attorney for the Northern District of Florida is urging people to help fight COVID by asking anyone who has recovered from the disease to donate plasma for other victims. My family, my wife, my four sons, two daughters-in-law, we all had COVID at the same time and all have uh, fortunately and thankfully gotten through it and um, very glad to uh, give back, contribute and be part of the whole of society, whole of government uh, response to the crisis. The Biden campaign launches a new effort to get black men to vote, and they're inspired by Donald Trump's performance during Tuesday night's debate. His call to white supremacist group, the Proud Boys, to stand by and telling his uh, followers to go to the polls and watch them is straight out voter suppression. We'll also have your daily calendar of political events and check in with a Florida man who decided as long as he was going to jail, his ex-wife should too. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Thursday, October 1st. Happy birthday to Disney World Orlando, which opened on this date back in 1971. This is also the day two dozen new laws take effect in Florida. We'll have more on that later in the podcast in the Sunrise Flashback. The Florida Department of Health reports 175 new fatalities from COVID-19. That increases the total number of deaths in Florida to 14,488. There were also 1,948 new cases of the disease. That pushes the total number of infections in Florida to almost 707,000. That's 3.3% of our total population. And to make things even more interesting, officials in Orlando say they are now tracking super spreader events where they believe large numbers of people became infected. Now that the governor has canceled almost all of the state's efforts to limit the spread of COVID-19, doctors say it's up to the private sector to fill the void. Dr. Daryl Toll is president and CEO of Advent Health's Central Florida Division. I think the, the governor is looking at the lower numbers and feeling encouraged by that and probably feels like many of us do. Um, man, I'm tired of this. I'm ready to get out there and, and get open back up again. Um, the thing that could result, which probably is not the intent, is it could, it could lead to this um, bucking bronco wave pattern that we don't want to see, which is, oh, good, the governor said it's all good, phase three, we're all reopened, and we see another spike, a serious spike, and many more people die. I know that is not the intent of our governor, but that could happen with that kind of, whew, that, that relief. Um, that is false because there's not a vaccine, there's not herd immunity, there's not a cure as of yet, and so there's no reason to dramatically change proven practice. When you come to Advent Health, our policies will remain what they are. You will be required to wear a mask and you will have your temperature taken and you will be screened and we will be careful because that's worked, it's protected our team, it's been safe and we intend to keep it safe. So I hope that Costco and Walmart and your business, I hope will continue you have a right to. The governor doesn't have the authority to say you can't, inside of your business, have the policies that will keep your guests safe. 
and we intend to do so, and I hope you do too, and that'll save uh, us from that kind of wave pattern. Lynette Johnson is chief nursing officer for Advent Health, and she says everyone should be using a mask regardless of what the government says. We have learned that masks work that social distancing works. Uh, and so we ask, as we went through the pandemic, some of the things that were difficult to source were nurses within themselves. You know, we worked as a, a national company across the country to bring nurses in to care for our communities. And so I would appeal uh, to the private sector uh, to please continue and the population to please continue to do that so that when you need us, we are here for you and we have the numbers available to take care of you. Dr. Toll says we'd be a lot better off if decisions about reopening were made by medical experts and business leaders working together instead of contradicting one another. Imagine a house that's on fire and you can imagine someone in authority showing up and saying, please come back in. Human beings are really smart. They understand the risks of a burning house and they're unlikely to walk in while it's on fire. They want to see the fire go out. So when, when the clinical and the economic combine, then the table where decisions are made, whether it's the governor's office or at Advent Health, has to have clinical and economic leaders at the same table, not working in opposition to each other. That will allow for us to keep the virus very calm and to more and more get comfort in opening the economy. Uh, Oregon has an interesting approach. All their signs, they don't say wear a mask to protect others or wear a mask to protect yourself. They have signs all over town that says wear a mask to keep the economy open. There are people who don't care about the first two, but really do care about the third. And I think we really need to lock into that kind of thing. You can talk about government. You can talk about the private sector. But Dr. Vincent Shu says it really comes down to you. You know, the virus hasn't changed. The virus is the virus. Uh, we have seen other states uh, in which their numbers are going up. And the one thing that I continue to, uh, to urge is that we need to maintain a sense of responsibility. Are we ready? I mean, that's something that everyone is going to have to decide, um, you know, for themselves. But we need to maintain responsible behavior because if we don't, we are going to slowly but surely start seeing that rise again. And that's what we want to avoid. Until there is a vaccine, Shu says the best thing you can do is get a regular flu shot. In fact, the American Medical Association is encouraging shots for everyone six months and older, saying the need for the flu vaccine is as great as ever during the pandemic. Florida Medical Association Chief Executive Officer Tim Stapleton also issued a statement Wednesday encouraging Floridians to get flu shots. Doctors aren't the only ones concerned about making you feel safe. Larry Keefe is the U.S. Attorney for the Northern District of Florida. Our FBI, our sheriff's offices, our U.S. Attorney's offices need grand jurors, trial jurors, witnesses, and court personnel to indict and try criminal cases. These jurors and witnesses need to be and to feel safe coming into our courthouses. Our hospitals need patients, nurses, doctors, and hospital staff to actually be and to feel safe for essential medical procedures so that lives can be saved. Our blood collection centers need donors to actually be and to feel safe donating blood because that blood enables our hospitals to save patients. So Keefe is encouraging COVID-19 survivors to donate blood to help treat people still battling the virus. His whole family was infected, and now they're giving back what's known as convalescent plasma. My entire family, my wife, my four sons, two daughters-in-law, we all had COVID at the same time, and all have uh, fortunately and thankfully gotten through it. 
and um, very glad to do uh, what we're what I'm here to do today to uh, give back, contribute, and be part of the whole of society, whole of government uh, response to the crisis. Keefe is not the only one taking part in the plasma donation campaign. Rachel Rojas is special agent in charge of the FBI's Jacksonville division. Coronavirus created a tremendous amount of anxiety and hardship. As you can imagine for the FBI, it did the same for us. Uh, very disruptive and definitely changed the way we did business. And for us, we ended up introducing internal protocols and guidance on how we were going to address the situation because we can't stop shop, at, right? We're 24-7. We have to still serve the public, uphold the Constitution. And we came up with creative ways to do that by creating uh, rotating work shifts, teleworking, workplace solutions, lots of Lysol, lots of wipes. And we did that uh, relentlessly. And the reason why we did that is obviously for the health and safety of not only the people we work with, but to also make sure we don't impact others when we leave the workplace, because we are constantly in the public and we couldn't stop that part of the mission. So for me, being a part of the workplace environment, um, I don't know how I got COVID-19, but it is likely from a work uh, meeting. And it's not that no one took the protocols, everybody's wearing their masks and losing lots of hand sanitizer and Lysol. But as you all know, it's just something that can happen to anybody, right? And it happened to me and I'm one of the, one of the people in the office that sprayed Lysol up and down and sideways on every single door handle, elevator button, and I still got it even with the precautions. So it definitely uh, gave me a, a wake up call but I didn't start out with COVID the traditional symptom way. I actually uh, started with an earache, which was odd and unusual. So we don't go to work if you're sick because we didn't know what the true symptoms were. We we're still learning a lot about COVID-19. And the following day, I woke up with no taste and no smell. And here I am almost two months plus later with no taste and no smell, which is a struggle. And um, I ended up testing positive for coronavirus twice. So definitely had an unusual experience and it took me a couple of weeks before I got out of quarantine, about three weeks, but the business still continued, still worked remotely, worked with my leadership team day in and day out to make sure operations weren't stopping. After I recovered, I obviously came to work and Larry and I had a discussion and, and Larry had talked about donating plasma because uh, he had COVID-19 before me. And his suggestion was tremendous, and I, I couldn't agree more that giving back to our community and, and seeing if we could save lives is the way to go. The governor has also asked COVID survivors to donate blood so their antibodies can be harvested for other patients. Dr. Shu, the epidemiologist you heard earlier on the show, says the jury is still out on the effectiveness of convalescent plasma as a treatment for COVID, but it will have to do until they find something better. Joe Biden wants to get more black men to show up for the 2020 election. It's called Black Men Vote. And Clifton Addison with the Biden campaign says this is about brothers for brothers. We're here because in less than 33 days, the country will decide who will be our next president and what type of a country it will be. Black men, especially in Florida, are critical voter bloc to the Democratic Party. And our participation will be critical in deciding who's going to be the next president. In 2008 and 2012, black men voted in historical numbers for President Obama and Vice President Joe Biden. Under that administration, we saw record low black unemployment, job creation, and tangible reforms in criminal justice systems that unfortunately uh, 
impacts our, our community. The Biden campaign hopes to resonate that same energy in November. Over the past four years um, of Donald Trump's presidency, we have seen much of the important work done um, by uh, President Obama um, undone. We cannot allow Donald Trump to take us any further in the wrong direction. Getting Donald Trump out of office is the best for not only Florida, but the entire uh, uh, country. And Brother to Brother um, is an initiative that will help mobilize Black men and just restore that confidence in a broken political structure. We have the power to make a difference in November. And if we work uh, hard, we will elect Joe Biden and Kamala Harris um, and see real change in the White House. And it's the, the change that we need. Representative Bobby DeBose of Fort Lauderdale says the timing of this campaign is perfect. It happened the day after Donald Trump refused to denounce white supremacist groups that have been showing up with guns at Black Lives Matter protests. A wise man once said, the vote is the most powerful nonviolent tool we have. Uh, John Lewis, may he rest in peace. And, you know, a fool once asked black folks, what do we have to lose? Well, last night, Donald Trump made it abundantly clear that he wants to take away our most powerful nonviolent tool. His call to white supremacist group, the Proud Boys, to stand by and telling his, uh, felt his followers to go to the polls and watch them is straight out voter suppression. Trump inflames racial violence and divides the nation. He denigrates, villainizes, ridicules our leaders, athletes, and protesters when they stand up for black lives. And in case you missed it, this is the exchange from the debate, beginning with moderator Chris Wallace. You have repeatedly we criticized the the vice president for not specifically calling out Antifa and other left-wing extremist right. groups. But are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups sure. and to say that they need to stand down and not add to the violence in a number of these cities, as we saw in Kenosha and as we've seen in Portland? Sure, are you I'm prepared to, to do specifically that, do it? Well, I, go would ahead, say, I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing not from the right so wing. So what, what, you you what are you saying? I'm, I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say I'm, it. Do it. Say it. You want to call them? What do you want to call them? Give me a name. Give me a white name. White supremacists and right like me to condemn? White supremacists and right proud boys. boys. Stand back and stand by. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left, because this is not a right-wing problem. His this is a left-wing. This is a left-wing problem. White supremacist. Antifa's an idea, not an organization. Oh, you got it. Not militia. That's what oh, his really? FBI, his okay. FBI director Gentlemen, said. Well, then, you know what? No, no, we're done, we're done, sir. Everybody, we're moving on to the next. We're moving on to the next. That's not an idea. Everybody Antifa in your administration tells you the truth is a bad, is a bad idea. Can I tell you what? You have no idea. Antifa is a dangerous radical All right, radical gentlemen, group. we're now moving on to the Trump and, and Biden records. They'll overthrow you. When a president, I'm going to ask a question. If you missed the debate entirely, congratulations, you win. It was like watching two old angry white guys argue over a parking space outside of Publix. The Commission on Presidential Debate says it will be adding additional structure to the remaining debates because more orderly discussion is needed. 
That's a nice way of putting it, but Fustercluck might be a more accurate description. I suggest giving the moderator a kill switch for the microphones. Chris Wallace could have sure used it. Next up on the Sunrise Flashback, we check out some of the new laws taking effect in Florida today. But first, a word from the sponsors. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics, and we are much obliged. Predict It is like the stock market for all things politics. Instead of trading stock in companies, you're investing money into your opinions on everything from election results to how many times President Trump will tweet this week. It's easy and only costs a few bucks to get started. Our podcast listeners can get a special introductory offer by visiting predictit.org slash promo slash F-L-A-P-O-L. Try it today. Welcome back to Sunrise. 24 new laws approved by the 2020 legislature take effect today, including one that makes it easier for police and deputies to arrest flashers, even if they don't see them flash. Senator Linda Stewart of Orlando is one of the sponsors. The bill creates a misdemeanor exception allowing a warrantless arrest if an officer has probable cause to believe an individual has committed an act of indecent exposure. This gives law enforcement the ability to act without delay to apprehend a suspect before they are reoffended. Right now, the law does not allow them to investigate. Uh, they have to see it for themselves. The bill also increases the penalty for repeat offender, offenders to third-degree felony. This will allow the crime to be meaningfully prosecuted when an individual shows a pattern of, pattern of this behavior. In Orange County, we have had nine separate cases related to one suspect who repeatedly drove into populated areas and exposed genitals. We want to stop this type of behavior in its tracks. Another new law taking effect today was championed by Representative Kristen Jacobs of Broward County. It's designed to end a brutal practice known as shark finning. Shark finning is the process of catching a, fish, a shark in the ocean, cutting off its fins, and allowing it to drop to the ocean and drown, keeping only those fins and selling them. Um, they are then dried. Uh, as you know, that there's not much meat on a fin. It's basically cartilages. The fins are dried out, ground down into a powder, and then they are sold as an ingredient to shark fin soup. This is a terrible practice, and in 2012, the state of Florida agreed that it was a terrible process and banned it from Florida waters, which was in short followed suit by the federal government banning shark finning in federal waters. But there was a loophole in our law, and that said, well, and it may not make sense to you, but while it's illegal to cut the fins off of sharks, it's not illegal to sell them, to ship them, um, import them, or export them into the state of Florida. That was Jacob's final bill in the legislature. She died of cancer in April. Other new laws taking effect today include the Stolen Valor Bill, which makes it a felony to lie about service in the military to land a job or win an election. There's also the Florida Veterans Protection Act, which makes it a first-degree felony to swindle $50,000 or more from military veteran groups. The state specialty license program is also being overhauled by another new law. It allows as many as 150 different types of license plates, including new tags for the grads of Auburn, Bama, and the University of Georgia but those will cost you twice as much as a tag for a Florida university. Your calendar of events begins with the Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission. They continue a series of online workshops about rules regarding the importation, breeding, and possession of invasive reptiles. They're at 9 o'clock in the morning and 6 o'clock at night. 
The Florida Supreme Court releases its weekly opinions at 11. The Public Service Commission holds an online customer service hearing at 2 about a plan by People's Gas System to raise rates. And at 5.30, the Department of Transportation is holding a public hearing about improvements on International Speedway Boulevard in Daytona Beach Shores. Finally today, a Florida man being taken to jail after harassing his ex-wife decided he was not going alone. 45-year-old Angelia Hanna of Ocala called deputies to complain that her ex, 30-year-old Timothy Ray Fox, was banging on her door. He lives about two blocks away. When deputies arrived at his place, they discovered Fox had outstanding warrants from Sumter County for failure to appear in court on charges of petty theft and trespassing. As he was being arrested, Fox told deputies, quote, I'm not going alone. Check my wife. She has a warrant, too. When deputies ran her name, they came up empty. So Fox asked what name she had used. Turns out she had given them an alias. He told them her real name, and they discovered she was wanted in Alabama. So Florida man and his ex-wife both ended up in jail. That's it for today's episode of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics. 